As I was driving in this morning through pouring rain, I began to think, is this really February? The spring rains are coming early. I expect the flowers to blossom any time now. It's going to be beautiful around here. We'll enjoy every moment of it. Praise the Lord. For the past several weeks, we've been embarking on a study where we have been looking at a series of messages that I've entitled, I Need an Answer to Prayer. I Need an Answer to Prayer. Last Sunday, we had opportunity as we were praying for freedom, and I want you to know the testimonies that we have received throughout this week of people who God divinely met them at a moment of time when they needed it and has set them free from things and the freedom that we've been seeing. Oh, hallelujah, to pray to a God who answers prayer. Hallelujah. Oh, praise God. It'd be a waste of time if we had a God that didn't hear us and see us and answer when we, we called his name. And today, this is, this is an exciting message to preach. There are some of those that honestly I get up here and I dread because they're, they're going to be difficult. Today, we're praying, we're praying about blessing today. Any of you need a blessing today? Four of you. Man, you, you guys are doing great today. If only four of you need a blessing. Uh, the prayer for blessing. I was speaking to a pastor from another country in preparations for a missions trip that I was going to be taking. And as I was shaking the man's hand, I, I noticed that he had scars all over his palm and all over the back of his hand. All of them were were round scars and he began to share with me that his father had been the pastor of a church when the regime fell in his country and the regime that took over was was anti-christian began to imprison and ostracize christians for their beliefs and since his father was the pastor of a pentecostal church he and his siblings attended a public school and regularly they would get called to the front of the classroom and the teachers would basically give permission for all of the other students to beat them up because of who they believed in. He said regularly the, the teachers would take their cigarettes and would burn our hands and talk to us about if your God really exists, he'll protect you from all of this and it won't hurt. And so he had these scars all over his hands. In spite of the persecution that they had faced and the hardships, he and his family made a determination that they would not turn their back on the Lord and would continue to minister to people at every opportunity they had. And he says, I can tell you that my family for over 30 years has remained faithful to the Lord. He told me that God has protected us. God has provided for us. He said, God has greatly blessed my family in more ways than I could ever imagine. He said, my parents today are alive and they're still living for the Lord. My siblings and I are all living for the Lord. He says, our children are living for the Lord. And now he has grandchildren. He says, and our grandchildren are living for the Lord. He said, we prayed for God's blessing and he answered all of our prayers. He answered all of our prayers for God's blessing. And that evening as I was talking to him and shaking his hand and listening to his stories, it began to dawn on me that he has a different definition of blessing than many of the times that I have considered blessing. Completely different. 
Because I recognize that as I proclaim this morning that when we talk about blessings, many of us, when we're saying, I need a blessing from the Lord, we're interpreting blessing as money, popularity, good looks, or influence. We're picturing blessings in our mind as, as perhaps possessions or blessings that would make life easier to live, things that would just make life easier. And while all of these benefits certainly come from above, God's blessings are much, much greater than merely possessions and money. In fact, there is spiritual blessing. There is material blessing. There's emotional blessing. There's family blessing. There's relational benefits that all come as a result of God's favor and His approval on our lives. And here's what you need to know. To a large extent, God's blessings come to us as a result of our obedience to Him. And in John chapter 1, verse 16, the verse that will become kind of the springboard today to the message of blessing is this. From the fullness of His grace, we have all received one blessing after another. There's an old song that we used to sing saying, Count your blessings, name them one by one. How many of you ever know that song? If you would begin to count your blessings and name them one by one, you're going to need quite a sheet of paper because we are a blessed people. There's a lot that God has done within our lives. And if you desire to walk in the blessings of God, then throughout this message this morning, there's going to be different prayers, as, as I have done over the past few weeks, that we have listed for you that become a springboard. Now, I understand some of you have taken those prayer lists and mailed them to your friends and circled saying, hey, you need to pray this. And I just want you to know these are just a springboard. Some of you are wondering, how do I pray for these different things within my life? And you don't have to do them word for word, but sometimes just having a direction of how to pray becomes a blessing, and that's what we want them to be for you. First of all, this morning, as I have done each week, I want to share with you some scriptures that are examples of how God answers the prayer for blessing, because the Bible refers to God's favor and His blessing hundreds of times in both the Old and New Testaments, and here are some verses, and there's some room in your bulletin if you want to just begin to jot down these verses. I'm going to read them, but you want to just jot them down so that you can take a look at them and spend some time with them later on. Genesis chapter 9 verse 1. God blessed Noah and his sons, saying to them, be fruitful and increase in number and fill the earth. Genesis chapter 12 2. I will make you a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. Genesis 24 35. The Lord has blessed my master abundantly, and he has become wealthy. He has given him sheep and cattle, silver and gold, men servants and maidservants, and camels and donkeys. Genesis 26, 12. Isaac planted crops in the land, and the same year reaped a hundredfold because the Lord blessed him. Exodus 23, 25. Worship the Lord your God, and his blessing will be on your food and water. I will take away sickness from among you. Leviticus chapter 26, verse 9. I will look on you with favor and make you fruitful and increase your numbers, and I will keep my covenant with you. Deuteronomy chapter 28, verses 2 through 6. All these blessings will come upon you and accompany you if you obey the Lord your God. 
You will be blessed in the city and blessed in the country. The fruit of your womb will be blessed. The crops of your land and the young of your livestock. The calves of your herd and the lambs of your flocks. Your basket and your kneading trough will be blessed. You will be blessed when you come in and blessed when you go out. Later on in that same chapter in verse 12, the Lord will open the heavens, the storehouse of his bounty, to send rain on your land in season and to bless all the works of your hands. You will lend to many nations but will borrow from none. Psalm 41.2, the Lord will protect him and preserve his life. He will bless him in the land and not surrender him to the desire of his foes. These verses and many others that we could read begin to demonstrate to us that when God's people seek his blessing, that he answers favorably. One of the reasons I love preaching sermons about the blessing of the Lord is because I recognize that there are some prayers that may be hard for us to pray, but asking for God's blessing is really natural for me to pray. In fact, that's probably one of the easiest prayers that we pray. And there are certain benefits that we get as we have faith and as we trust and we obey the Lord. There are spiritual gifts that we know that we need within our life that he gives to us. Gifts such as power and protection and anointing. In fact, how many of you this week know without a shadow of doubt that at some point or another God protected you from something that was happening? He does it all the time. We live in these blessings and we just take them for granted because of the graciousness of our God. Other evidences of God's blessing upon us is sometimes it's having a family or living a life of influence and having a positive effect on future generations. Some blessings come to us in the form of material provision, such as an increase in finances, career advancement, or the necessary gifts that we need in order to fulfill what God's purpose is for our lives. And one of the greatest blessings God bestows to us is encouragement that we need in times of need. I'm so thankful that our God is a God that in the middle of difficult times is the lifter of our heads. He speaks encouragement to us at just the moments that we need it. And we can draw conclusions from these verses that when we purpose in our heart to walk in obedience to the commands of God that his favor will rest upon his people and he will pour out blessings along with his constant presence upon his people. So perhaps today you find yourself and it just doesn't seem like you're quite in sync with what God is trying to accomplish in your life. You see in the results that you're not living a fruitful life and maybe today you're just caught in a survival mode. You know, other people are talking about how great God is and they're thriving and you're going, man, I just want to make it through this day and, and in this survival mentality, you're just trying to hang on and today we pray that God will break that and pour out blessing upon your life so that as you walk in sync with him, you will begin to see the gracious favor of God bring you to a place of thriving. And if you long to experience the blessing of God in the fullness of following him, then perhaps this prayer may be one that can help you out as you start. Lord, I want to find favor in your eyes and be in good standing with you. If you see that my heart is clean, I ask you to bless me spiritually, physically, psychologically, financially, and relationally. 
Grant me unprecedented favor in every area of my life. Enlarge my territory and give me wisdom to manage the wonderful blessings that you will bring my way. I will give you all the glory for the blessing that you give me. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Over these next few minutes, I want to share with you five areas that I believe God's blessings can profoundly enrich your life. The first one of those is experiencing God's blessing for your family. We recognize in the day in which we live today that there are numbers of family who have generationally been experiencing dysfunction. And it can have a devastating effect for three or four generations because when a father teaches his family that following God is a waste of time, his children grow up transmitting that value to their children and that value to their children. And after a while, you've got generations that have grown up without any knowledge of the presence of God or the blessings of God or the knowledge of God. Or perhaps there's those of you that have grown up in places where your parents were physically abusive. And as a result of that, you as parents naturally bend that way and you begin to recognize, Lord, the greatest blessing that you could give to my family would be to break those chains so that there's no more generations that lean that direction, but you set us on a new pathway. The blessing of God can come to such a family when it's caught in a sinful pattern and can change things for you. Exodus chapter 20, verses 5 and 6 says, you shall now bow down. You shall not bow down to them or worship them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing children for the sins of the father to the third or fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. We begin to see that obedience to the Lord unlocks the door of God's favor upon your life and upon your family and can bring to you love stability, peace, and respect because these are all adjectives that we all long to see within our marriages and our family. We look back over the history of the Bible and we recognize that there came a time in the history of mankind that the wickedness got so bad that God wanted to destroy everybody on the face of the earth. He looked around and Noah was the only man that God found worthy to bless his generation. The wickedness of the entire world had greatly disappointed God. And before he wiped mankind off the face of the earth, he looked and he found the one who would honor him and found favor in God's eyes. And so he told him, I want you to build an ark. And I want you and your family to get in this ark and I want you to bring the animals into the ark so that when I repopulate the earth, I can do it with those who have honored me. It said, you and your wife and your sons and their wives and every living creature by twos get on that ark. Following that judgment, God told them to increase in number and fill the earth. We see that story and we recognize that that ark that was built that day is a picture to us of God's protective hand upon his righteous people. I believe with all of my heart that God on a regular basis holds you and encapsulates you and keeps you from the wicked influences that surround us in our world. I believe that when our children go to school and we as parents we pray, Lord, let them get the information they need, but filter out that which is, will do no good to them. I believe God answers those prayers when we pray. 
that he selects them and surrounds them with his grace and filters out information that would be damaging to their spirit. I believe that he has provided for us the ark of his presence to protect our families. And if you're looking for God's blessing on your family, then seek his favor. Be obedient to him and push aside everything that would cause a chasm between God and you, and he will respond to your sincere request. If you're here today and you desire to break the destructive patterns that have impacted your family, the Lord will demonstrate his power and will break that cycle because he loves you and he will keep his promises to those who pursue him. And although you and your family may be passing through deep waters at this very moment, I want you to recognize that when the waters get deep, the, uh, the rainbow gets brighter. He has promised his people that I will be with you when you pass through those storms. And so the following prayer may help you as you're asking God to provide blessing to you and your family. Lord, I ask you to break every generational destructive pattern that has affected my family. Erase every evil tendency in my family that previous generations embraced so that your favor and blessing can be upon this generation and the many that follow. Bless my spouse, children, parents, and siblings with your health, protection, provision, and guidance. Fill them with your presence, and may their relationship with you blossom. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Some of you today may be saying, I need God to bless my career. I want you to know that he will do that. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 11 says, he who works his land will have abundant food. Proverbs 31, it talks about the, the Proverbs 31 woman. In verses 15 and 31, it said, she gets up while it's still dark. She provides food for her family and portions for her servant girls. Give her the reward that she has earned and let her works bring her praise at the city gate. Part of the purpose that God has created each of us for is that there is work to do and a career for each of us to accomplish. I believe that God will bless the productivity of all of your efforts when you are asking him to lead me into what you need me to do and how you want me to do it. We do live in a day and age where, frankly, the work ethic, at least that from your grandparents will say that the work ethic has disappeared. I believe that when we ask God to bless our careers, one of the things that sets the children of God aside or apart from others is that we don't mind working. We know that God blesses the work. He, as we put forth the effort, his hand comes upon it and he begins to elevate those who put forth the effort and he blesses the work of their hands. We're not sitting back asking, God, I want your blessings, but I don't want to do anything for it. We're saying, Lord, use me and the energy that you've given so that as I put forth the effort and do the very best I can, that the excellence will demonstrate glory to you. And in that, the Lord begins to raise up those who will glorify him in everything they do. Now, how many of you work in circumstances that sometimes it's not so easy to give God glory? There are a few of you. That you're in situations that just becomes very, very difficult to be able to get a job done. I want you to recognize this. The darker the circumstance, the brighter your light shines. The darker the circumstance, the brighter your light shines. Greater is he that is within you than he that's in the world. 
And when you sit back and you talk about all the things, oh, I, I don't know how we're going to accomplish any of this. The work is too hard. It's so difficult. I want you to know that God will, will do a work in you and through you that will elevate him in your life, and he will bring a blessing to you in your career. I've heard so many different stories about people who didn't think they had a chance to accomplish anything, and yet God used them in some great and mighty ways. We know in the Old Testament that there were tremendous projects to be accomplished as they tried to rebuild a temple and, and, and it seemed politically that they were against them and people were speaking against them and it didn't look like anything was going to be done and Zerubbabel who was rebuilding it recognized that I don't think we can do this to finish the task he had to dig out a capstone from a mountain and somehow raise it to the highest point on the temple and he had no army he had no money he had no support and he didn't have any energy but he wanted to honor God, and so God sent a prophet to him in Zechariah who said to him in Zechariah 4, verses 6 through 9, It's not by power nor by might, but by my spirit, says the Lord God Almighty. What are you, O mighty mountain? Before Zerubbabel you will become level ground. Then he will bring out the capstone to shouts of, God bless it! God bless it! Then the word of the Lord came to me. The hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of this temple. His hands will also complete it. Then you will know that the Lord Almighty has sent me to you. I want you to recognize that as you are working in your career, as you are working to honor God, God will do things in you and through you that will declare his greatness to everybody around you. As you put forth the effort and you ask him, Lord, bless my career. So here's a prayer that perhaps might help you. Lord, help me to see your perfect will for my life. May everything I do bring glory to your name. Bless my hands, mind, and words so that I can become someone who produces fruit that endures the test of time. I want the end result of my life's work to count for something godly and eternal. Help me to connect with your call and purpose for my life. And may my life's goal be in harmony with your plans. I reject every evil strategy the enemy uses to discourage me from doing your will. I resist his intimidation and distractions. I know that you will reward me for my efforts and thank you for your blessings and favor upon my life. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Some of you today need to experience God's blessing because it's a time of need for you. How many of you have ever had something happen that you just never saw coming, never saw it coming, just totally unexpected, that just knocked the wheels out from underneath you? I've sat with different families in times like that, and Cindy and I on more occasions than one have said to them, do you think this took God by surprise? Something that may take us by surprise doesn't necessarily take God by surprise because God's sovereignty suggests that he anticipates our needs well before we have them. This is good news because there are times and points in our journeys that we need real answers and we need workable solutions and sometimes we need them right away. There are times when you need the strength of the Lord to come in like a flood and just lift you up. There are other times that you just need to be bathed in his presence. Whatever it is that you're facing in your need life today, I want you to know that God is aware of it and God has already started to send the answer your way. Because he will bring blessing in your time of need. Do you really believe that we serve a God that would leave us without solutions? Do you believe that we have a God 
that doesn't love us? Do you believe that we have a God that isn't a God of provision or that is not a God of mercy? I believe that he is all those things. And the demonstration of that to us is the way that he answers when we need. He will provide answers for you. He will bless you in your time of need. He'll lift up your head. He'll strengthen you and he'll speak courage to your heart at just the moment that you need it. In the long lineage of kings mentioned in the Bible, there's one person that stands out for two verses. It's uncertain or not whether or not his father was even alive at the time of his birth. The absence of a father would explain his mother's sorrow and anguish. In fact, she gave him a name that demonstrated that. And as I was thinking about that, I said, I'm really glad that having mothers name children based on the mood that they were in right after they gave birth is kind of gone. I'm, that one just needed to float on down the river. In the difficulty of his life and the difficulty that he'd had with his siblings, he grew up and he prayed this prayer in 1 Chronicles 4.10. Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. Let your hand be with me and keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain. And he overcame the pain of his youth and the disgrace of his brothers. He believed that God would bless him and enlarge his territory. And the Lord answered his prayer, and we know it today as the prayer of Jabez. That in his time of need, God answered. So perhaps your past is filled with sorrow and frustration in your moment of need you can call out to the Lord and if you find yourself in need then I want to challenge you to pray this prayer and I want you to pray it every day for the next month you pray this with all of your heart make it a daily habit and I believe that you will see God bring breakthroughs into your life when you say Lord you know my needs and you see my heart I ask you to provide a solution to this important issue that I am facing Make your answer and direction clear for me to understand. I open my heart to receive each and every blessing you want to send my way. Keep your hand upon my life, and I commit to giving you the credit and the glory. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Some of you today need blessings in your finances. Do you know that the upper, the middle, and lower classes all have a problem in common? called money problems rich people are constantly protecting their assets from taxes and lawsuits misappropriations fraudulent schemes the middle class struggle to make enough money so that one day they can retire without fear of being thrown out into the streets and the poor just need enough money to keep their heads above water that day finances have always been and will always be one of the fierce issues that we face and the reason that is because we need money for just about anything that we do in life. And God is not blind to the difficulties that we endure. He desires to help us in our time of need. So how can we gain God's blessing upon our finances? I have some things that you need to keep in mind as you pray for God's blessing on your finances. These four things will help you. Number one, recognize that it's not your money it's his. It's not your money. It's his. God has provided each of us the ability to administrate and steward what he places within our hands. And when you die, you don't take one penny with you. You will leave it all to the person that you put on a list who will take over and do whatever they want with everything that you have made. It'll be up to them. 
You'll have no words in it, no say in it, because you only steward it for just a short period of time. The Bible says, who does it really belong to? In Psalm 24, 1, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. I read a funny story about a man who had grown very wealthy in his life, and he told his wife, I'm going to prove to you that I can take it all with me. So when I die, I want you to take all the money that I've got, and I want you to put it into the casket with me and bury with me all the money. As he got sick and came close to death, and finally the day came when he died, she took all of the money and put it in a checking account, and she wrote him a check, slid the check within his pocket, and they buried him with the check, <laughs> fulfilling his last promise. The Lord has everything at his disposal. Wouldn't it follow that he would bless those who are good stewards of what he has given them? A few weeks ago, I had a conversation with an individual who doesn't attend our church but was passing through and, and stopped in, and, and he told me, he says, I'm in a terrible need. And he says, I'm a man of prayer. I'm an intercessor, and so I know that the church wants to help me out. And you know, and, and begin to share with me his life. He says, I'm about to be evicted from an apartment that I'm in. And, and I said, do you have an eviction notice? And he did. He handed it to me. And I said, you know, I've been through this with enough people to recognize that you don't get evicted if you, unless, unless you haven't paid your rent for like three or four months. I said, so now you're coming to the church and you want us to bail you out. But in order to do something like that to help you, I need to sit down with you and go through a budget with you about how it is that you spend what you have coming in. And we begin to look and recognize that the man had made some very selfish choices, had enough money to live and had enough money to pay his rent and decided he would rather defraud individuals than handle what God had given him well. And after that conversation, he says, you're not going to help me, are you? And he got up and left very angry. And I said, I am here to help, but I want you to understand God honors those who stewards well what he gives. And we need to be good stewards with what he gives. Many people pray for God's blessings, but unfortunately very few break away from their incompetent and poor administrative habits. Instead, squandering the blessings that he has already given us, we should prayerfully commit to administrating those blessings that he gives to us in a better way and commit to being a good steward so that when God looks at us, he recognizes we've done well with what he's given us. He can entrust us with more. We also know that God is truly concerned about every aspect of our lives. He is interested in everything from your light bill to your car to your mortgage payments to your children's college fund and to your retirement. There's nothing that's outside of the care that God has for you. He wants to help with all of it. But whether he blesses us with a miraculous and instantaneous response or he provides the opportunity for additional income through more work, whatever it is, we need to recognize the hand of God is in it. Sometimes your answer will be, Lord, I need you to help me find something else or another job alongside that will help me to begin to correct some of the mistakes I've made in the past so that then I can live in your blessing and I'm willing to work and put forth my best efforts if you will just bless me with opportunity. And if the Lord chooses to answer our financial need by giving us additional work or by opening a new door, then be willing to do your part and give it your best effort and look at it as if God is pouring out his blessings upon your life. James chapter 2, verse 26 says this, As the body 
without the spirit is dead so faith without deeds is dead there are times when God's answer is to provide you with more opportunity then honor the Lord with your work ethic and give it everything you've got and God will bless I want you to be transparent with the Lord There's nothing about your life and your finances and the way that you handle them that is a surprise to him. He sees it all. And so if you're transparent with him about your needs and have full confidence to ask him about your financial solutions, I believe that God will respond positively to your request. In Proverbs 10, 22, it says, The blessing of the Lord brings wealth, and he adds no trouble to it. If you need God's financial blessing upon your life, the following prayer, has helped many find stability, and it might help you find help in financial turbulence. Lord, if I have found favor in your eyes, I ask that you provide a solution to my financial challenge. Open the floodgates of heaven and pour out blessing in my life. Teach me how to be a good steward and how to administer your finances in a way that is efficient and pleasing to you. I ask you to trust me with greater financial resources so that I can bless others. Help me move beyond this challenge and to recognize you answer your answer when it comes. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. And lastly this morning, maybe you need to experience God's blessing on finding and living out your divine purpose. Every one of you, the Bible tells us you were knit together in your mother's womb. And the pattern that he used to create you is different than every other pattern he ever had. And within the physical development as he was weaving you together with all of your DNA, he began to plant within you different gifts and talents and abilities so that when you came to this earth and live on this earth, there are things that he wants to do in you and through you that will bring him honor and glory. I've often said the greatest day for me when I'm standing in heaven, and I hope, that his, I hope he comes on a Sunday morning. I would love to just be standing here together, and then there's an empty church, and we're all standing there just shouting and celebrating. Even those of you who, who have a real hard time even raising your hands, when you get to heaven, you're going to raise your hands. You're going to shout. But the greatest joy that we will have when we stand before the Lord will be when he reads our name in the Lamb's Book of Life. But let me tell you, the greatest reward will be when he reads the names of everybody that you brought with you. That your life lived in such a way that brought fruit to the kingdom of God through the way God created you and used you. And so there is this divine thread that he has placed within us, and none of us are truly happy and none of us are truly content until we know that we're living in the center lane of what God wants to accomplish in us. If we need the gifts of the Spirit to live out our divine purpose, it tells us in 1 Corinthians 12, 1 through 11, that he gives us the help for service and work and wisdom and knowledge and discerning of various spirits, speaking or interpreting tongues, prophecy, faith, working of miracles and healing. If you need the fruit of the Spirit, he describes those that he gives to us and he blesses us with in Galatians 5, 22 and 23 when he said, I'll give you love and joy and peace and patience and kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. Or perhaps he's created you for other things. He tells us in Romans chapter 12, verses 6 through 8, I will equip you for ministry 
and exhortation, giving, leading, and showing mercy, we can expect God to bless us with everything we need to live out our divine purpose so that we can live fruitful lives before him. So whatever it is today that you feel you are lacking in order to do the desired work that God has created you to do, I want you to know that God will bless you with the necessary gifts so that you can fulfill his calling and purpose in anything that you do for his name's sake. I'm going to ask that you would stand with me as I read this last prayer. A prayer blessing on your divine purpose. Lord, I lay my life before you. Reveal your will and divine purpose to me in a clear and unmistakable way. I open my heart and receive every good gift that you want to impart to me. Grant me your wisdom in order to make godly choices. Anoint me with your presence so that I can have an eternal impact on those you have placed in my life. I want to be a good steward with every gift that you have given me. Help me to bring glory to your name with everything I do. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.